0: here collectively to draw near to the heart of God. This is a song of invitation. We sing it out. Let our praise be welcome. Let our song through the water all who I think.
1: You guys can go ahead and have a seat. I also want to welcome you uh, back to 710. My name's Paul, and I'm one of the people who gets to serve in this community. And, um, yeah, thrilled that you guys are here with us. We're thrilled to be back. It's awesome. Tonight's going to be just a little bit of a different night. If this is your first time or one of your first times to 710, it's a little bit of a different setup than what we normally do. And because we're kind of kicking back um, up and it's another semester for us, we as a team um, decided that we really wanted to start um, uh, this next kind of season in this community the right way. Um, and so we want to take a concentrated time um, in, in prayer tonight, and we're going to continue to sing like we just did and um if you're like not a Christian or a Jesus follower or a church person, um, that's not meant to make you feel like awkward. Maybe like, okay, this is why I don't go to church things because they make you do stuff you don't want to do. Um, this is not meant to make you feel like that at all. So um, here's a little tip. If you just kind of put your head down and like look like you're praying, people will just think you're super spiritual. So you can get away with that. Um, but we do want you to just kind of watch because this is what um, this is what Christians should be known for. The Christian, the term Christian, especially in today's kind of culture and climate, really um, I don't think has quite the meaning that it should, Um, um, but what Christians should be known for is their dependence on, their love for, um, and their absolute need for for Jesus, and so that's the posture that we want to take tonight. And so we're going to continue to sing, like I said, and, and continue to pray. Normally when you come to a gathering like this, there's like one guy, like me, that you'll like sit there and listen to. Um, but tonight, um, you supply the voice to what we do. So when we pray, um, we're going to pray out loud, and we're going to fill this room with just our petitions uh, and our adoration and our affection for Jesus. There is there is one Bible verse that we're going to look at tonight. It's from the book of Habakkuk, which I'm, I'm sure you've all memorized, but Just in case um, you haven't, here's the kind of the setting of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a prophet, and prophets were, they were mouthpieces for God. God would speak to these prophets, and then the prophets would speak to the people. And the setting that Habakkuk is speaking to um, is really a day that's kind of like our day. Um, He's looking out at, at the people of God. He's looking out at this nation Um, of God, and he's just seeing evil run rampant, and he's seeing a total disregard for God and his law and the way that he desires uh, life to flourish and the way that he desires uh, life for humans to be with one another and to be with him. And so Habakkuk actually starts this book by complaining, and maybe you didn't think you can do that with God, but you can. Uh, It's there in the Bible, and he's complaining. He's complaining, God, why do you let these people just turn away? And maybe especially in kind of like recent events that we've seen even this past weekend, you have that similar kind of thought, similar kind of prayer. Maybe there's something in your own life where you think, God, why? Why did you let this happen? Or where are you when all of this is happening? That's exactly what Habakkuk is saying. It's where he's coming from. Um, There's another thing that that Habakkuk complains about. The the Babylonians who are like the worst of the worst at this time, um, they're actually going to over overthrow the, the nation of Israel. They're going to overthrow God's people. Um, and so Habakkuk has a complaint against that, like, God, why would you let those who are more wicked, even though these people are turning away from you, they're still your people, and let you let someone who's not your people come in and overthrow them and, and evade. And he complains about this. But then in chapter 3, Habakkuk really takes a turn, and his his prayers turn from these complaints about what's happening in culture and society to a prayer for revival. And I'm going to put this verse up on the screen for us. And this is this is what he says. He says, "Lord, I've heard of your fame, and I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day and in our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy." What Habakkuk is saying there's like, God, I know the stories of you and how faithful you've been, how you've been a deliverer and how you've brought freedom and how you've brought hope and how you've brought salvation. I know that's who you are. And so Habakkuk says, I'm recalling all these great things that I know to be true about who you are. And he's, and he's asking, it's a prayer of salvation. It's actually a prayer of revival, which is where we're going tonight. Ultimately, he's asking for a revival in his people, in his nation. He says, Lord, I've heard your fame. I stand in awe of your of your deeds. There's two things that we learn um, about prayer from Habakkuk. First um, is that we can have honest prayers to God. Sometimes we pray, and I mean, I don't know if, if if you're like this, but sometimes I just get in kind of these modes of prayer where I just always start with the same line, like, God, thank you for this day. He's like, oh, man, how long did it take you to think about that? That's the same thing you say to me every time. And sometimes we just kind of get in these modes, and we just start like saying words, but we're not really... We don't really act like we're communicating to someone who's real. But Habakkuk does, and he tells us, like, you can be honest with God. He knows it already anyway. But you have the freedom to be honest with with, with God. Um, The second thing that we're going to see is that revival starts with personal acknowledgement of God. Like, personal acknowledgement of who God is and what he has done in your own life. And that stirs up an affection that moves outward towards others. It's the great great commandment, right, to love God, everything you have. How do I stir that up? By remembering how good God is. And then I'm able to love others more than I love myself because I realize how much I've been loved by God. So it starts with that personal acknowledgement. It moves outward. And our prayer moves from just kind of the self-preservation. What I mean by that is a lot of times we just pray Prayers either for our own comfort or for our own plans or for our own agenda. We have a lot of like me-centered prayers. And the more time that we spend just getting close to the heart of God of who he is and what he's all about, our prayers begin to shift. They, our focus begins to shift from us and moves outward. And we're going we're gonna to pray for that tonight. We're going we're gonna to start with acknowledging who God is, giving thanks to him for all he has done. We're going to end our time by having real outward-focused prayers. And, and so the first thing we're going to do, and I'm going to ask you to just kind of do this around tables back there where you guys are sitting in chairs, you feel free to move furniture in this place. This is like your house, kind of, um, but except your mom's not here to clean up after you. But um, Unless someone's mom is here tonight, then then yes, your mom is here to clean up after you. Um, yeah, I'm going off the rails. <laughs> but. Um, but get in kind of groups where you can pray together. We really want this to be a, a corporate time, not just a, not just an individual time. Again, um, this is a community that is not going to be known for a lot of things. Like we're, we're not going to be like the coolest or the hippest, or we're not going to necessarily always like be the best at everything. But we are going to be a community that is committed to, to seeking God through prayer. Um And that's just something that as a team that we've really said, well, there's a lot of things we can't do well, but we can devote ourselves to that. So we're going to. So anyway, so we want you to get back there in the back chairs. We want you guys to kind of be in a circle and be praying with each other. But we're going to start our prayer time by really just reorienting our minds. Around what we know to be true of God and thanking him for what we have in our own life. And this is how you stir up affection by appreciation, right? So like if you're in a relationship or if there's somebody that you love or something that you love, the more you appreciate it, the more affection you have for it. And it kind of works in this circle, like the more affection you have for someone, the more you appreciate them. And so we, we're going to really kind of start with that cycle, that cycle of God, grow my affection as I appreciate who you are. I mean, remembering your goodness and your faithfulness and, and your gifts. And, so, and we're just going to ascribe to God his worth. Um, we're just going to simply tell him what is true about him. So I'm going to give you a, a moment now, and then the band's going to continue to lead, and then I'll come back. We'll have another prayer moment. The band will lead us. But right now, just right where you are, right at your tables, just get right started. Um, and these can be just kind of simple one-line prayers. They don't have to, you don't have to preach a sermon to everybody at your table. Please don't do that. Um, but they can just be like one phrase, one-line prayers. But we're just going to be thankful for what God has done, who he is. We're going to tell him what we believe to be true about him. But we want to fill this room uh, just with the sound of our prayers, so let's do that now. Oh. together. So that prayer, and, and Harley, if you can put that prayer back up for us, the prayer that Habakkuk prays is, the, is what you just did in that time of prayer and in those songs that you just sang of total recognition of who God is. And his prayer starts with recognizing the glory of God, remembering the faithfulness of God, but it shifts. It shifts in the, kind of the second half of this prayer to a heart that longs to see a city change, that, that wants to see salvation comes to a nation. And if you're like Habakkuk, like where you know, God, I've experienced your faithfulness. I know what life is with you. I I know what it is to follow you, Jesus. And if you know more than everybody else does about Jesus, then you should be praying that everybody else would know Jesus. You see, because if they don't know that they should know Jesus. If you're not praying for your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, maybe even your family, then who is? They're not. They don't know that they're supposed to know Jesus. And so if you're not praying for them, who is? And then he has this line in here that maybe makes us kind of uncomfortable. He says, in wrath, remember mercy. Now, I I know it's 2019, so we're not supposed to talk about the wrath of God. That's something that, like, they screamed about in the 50s and the 60s. But you see, apart from Jesus... You are under the wrath of God. God is a God of love, and he's a God of grace, and he's a God of mercy. But he's also just and holy, and he's a God who will not let any sin go unpunished. You can't have the mercy without wrath. So we don't want to erase that from the gospel. If there's no bad news, then there's no good news. And I think sometimes the reason that we're not as passionate about the good news is because we really don't take the bad news seriously. So when, when we think like that, when we sing about the cross, it kind of loses its power. Um, it loses its, its passion. It, 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 we sing about the cross like the same way we would sing about if we got a new job or got accepted to college or went on a date. Like it's great, it's good, but it's not changing my life. But that's really not the picture. It's, it's not the picture of, of the gospel. The, the, the picture of the gospel is, um, it's kind of like the space shuttle Columbia. I don't know if you guys re- would remember this or not, but on February 1st, 2003, the space shuttle Columbia disintegrated on atmospheric reentry. It killed all seven, member, seven crew members. And what had happened is a piece of insulation had broken off uh, during liftoff and actually damaged a part of the wing of the space shuttle. And when that happened, it compromised the heat shield. When a space shuttle re-enters the atmosphere, it go- it goes through temperatures. Because of the friction in the atmosphere, it goes through temperatures that are uh, in excess of 3,000 degrees. And-, and the heat shield on a space shuttle or on a capsule Is what keeps humans from being annihilated. It absorbs the heat and it spares their life. And that's the picture of what Christ has done for us. Because the wrath of God towards sin is nothing compared to what is experienced on atmospheric reentry. But Jesus bore that on our behalf. He was the one who took the punishment, the wrath. And the only way that you or I can make it into the presence of God, the holy presence of God, is with the heat shield around my life called the righteousness of Christ, which he transferred to me on the cross where he gave his perfect life for me while he took the wrath of God for those who would believe. The only way that Habakkuk's prayer can ultimately be answered is that the person of Jesus Christ would come and he would become a heat shield for the world. And he's put on the cross so that the wrath of God can totally annihilate him. So that God is just and merciful in the same moment. And anyone can experience that heavenly exchange. The only way that people can understand the bad news, the only way that people can understand the wrath and give their life to the good news is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for that. And we're gonna pray that the Holy Spirit would come and bring revival. And and I want you guys to do something um, really specific too. I want you to, to pray. Some, some of you, how, how many of you are like, you're getting ready to start like ASU? Any ASU people here? ASU. Okay, a few. Okay, um, one big fan back there. Um, how about uh, GCU? Anybody any loping up? Nope. Ooh. Okay, one, two, three. You guys aren't nearly as excited as the ASU guy. <laughs> Okay, that's cool. Um, we got some community college people in the house. Like you're you're in community college. There we go. Okay, yeah, those are my people. Um, and how many of you just you work? You got a job and you got it. You're like a grown up. Yeah, <laughs> grown ups. Grown ups. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. How many of you um, in the room? You you know somebody like you've got a friend or a classmate, coworker, maybe even family member. You know somebody who's who's not a follower of Jesus. You can raise your hand. Out, you know somebody like that. Um, so here's what, here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to pray very specific for, for those people and those places. So I want you to pray for the campuses that you're going to be at, whether it's ASU, GCU, out of state, even um, community college. Pray, pray for those places. I want you to pray for the places where you work. You know, if it's Starbucks or if it's Bank of America or whatever, I want you to pray for those specific places. And then I want you to bring names, of people, to the throne of God and ask for the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do, to bring revival. There was a, um, there was a revival preacher in the early na- 1900s, this guy named Gypsy Smith. And they called him Gypsy because he traveled so much. And in the time of his ministry, he made over fifty trips by boat from England to the United States. And everywhere this guy went, every kind of meeting like this that he would have, a rally that have, I mean, God would just show up, and like hundreds and thousands of people. We're coming to faith um, at this guy's preaching. And so he was asked one time, and he said, what is it? What are you doing? What's kind of the secret to what God is doing whenever you go and preach at these meetings? What, what, what is the secret to what's happening? And he said, the secret is this. He said, if you want to see revival come to a city or to a place or to a people, what you need to do is you need to go into your room and lock the door and get on your knees And then take a piece of chalk and draw a circle around yourself and pray this. God, I want you to bring revival, and I want it to start in this circle. And so when we lead off, when we're praying for our campuses, praying for our workplaces, praying for the people that we know and love that don't yet know Jesus, we're going to start with that. Because some of you, there's a reason that your friends don't know Jesus, Because by the way that you live, they don't know that you know Jesus. And tonight is a time of repentance and a time of turning from that and and a time to find forgiveness and grace and mercy and love from the Father. And it's a time for you to say, no, no, this, this school year, this work season, this part of my life, this is gonna be different. And where I've been silent, I'm going to start speaking boldly who Jesus is and what he's done. We're going to pray for revival to come in your heart, in your life. We're going to pray for a passion for the people that we know that are lost. And we're going to pray for boldness to proclaim the story of God in this world. We're going to pray um, for those places that God has us on purpose. So. Let's do that now again. Get in, get in your groups. And, guys, feel free to move around the room. If some of you, if you can use these chairs and this stuff over here if you want more room, some of you are standing. You can do that. Um, but whatever is going to make sense, if, if there's people in the room that um, maybe you go to school with, that you're not sitting with, you can move across the room. Um, one more thing, too if you want to ask for prayer, if you want to ask for prayer with the people at your table, now's a great time to do that. Just say, hey, I need prayer um, for whatever's going on in your life. And then we'll, we'll continue to worship together.